It's Monday night. Flynn's got the bruise in. It's time for the pod notes. Yes. Well oh, boys. How are we doing, nice everyone? Nice to see everyone. So who have we got in the room today? We've got Flynn, of course. Cugsy. Duffy. And myself, Whiteside. We've got a special guest again we this do. week. Wow. Unbelievable. And it is Chris with the quiz, Chris a.k.a. The Chris. Chris. Good evening, pod notes. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here with you. Okay, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Because... We'll elaborate on how we know you in a minute. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Chris. Yeah, where are you from? Where did it all start? Yeah, so I'm Chris, also known as Chris with the Quiz. I am a part-time professional quiz host. I host quizzes all around the Northwest. Uh, I know the Podnut from one of my venues, which is the Cookhouse Liverpool. Cook the Cookhouse. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, big quiz fan. Also got a day job where I work in software, but that's not as interesting as talking about quizzes. I'm um, thrilled to be here with you this evening, gents. Uh, and where are you from? I'm from Egbeth, so um, Egbeth, Mersey Road sort of ways, yeah. Been good, there good local most of my life, yeah. So tell us what a typical day, or should we say night in quizzing? through the week what your typical week in quizzing is like then yeah so uh, very sociable so i'll get to the venue a little bit before the start time get set up have a drink have a chat with the regulars then we do the quiz so it's a speed quiz all done through your smartphone i'll tell some terrible jokes i'll bribe people to laugh at me jokes with bonus points and then yeah we'll we'll give out some prizes and we'll all have a good time i'll have a i must say you are thoroughly entertaining on the <laughs> night you've got what it takes to be an entertainer i will give you that did you get into that did you like board games were you the kid who did the monopoly bank like, how did you, <laughs> like what made you think oh quizzes are my thing Do so you know, did you like game shows on the, what was it absolutely all, all the game shows very fond memories with me late nan watching supermarket sweep on those days i was off school <laughs> um was obsessed with who wants to be a millionaire even as like a little kid i just liked all the lights and the music and found it really exciting couldn't answer a question as a child of course but the drama <laughs> of it and the, the, yeah. the spectacle did you yeah. get it on playstation when it come out something like that oh yes every christmas it'll be the latest playstation game and the board game and then any other stuff that i could sort of get my parents to, <laughs> to right. get for us cool but yeah over time it then became a case of getting into the habit of going to play at quizzes there was a time where i was going to three quizzes a week and i realized you know what i'm spending a lot of money at these quizzes i could host them and get paid to be here and then the quiz company that I work for is called Sphinx Events, based around the country, but primarily in Liverpool. And they had a vacancy. I applied, got the job, and then coming into me, what are we on now, second year of quizzing, haven't looked back. It's been great. I must admit, they are thoroughly entertaining, and there's a great community feel around it, isn't there? It's just... Absolutely. I've got a, a bit of a performance background when I was younger, and the golden rule when you're doing a show whether it's a musical, whether it's even something more serious, a bit of Shakespeare, you've got to be having fun. You've got to be engaged. And it's the same principle of hosting a quiz. If I'm having fun, I know that the players are having fun. So, yeah, not to be taken too seriously. It's a laugh. You know, it's a bit of fun. And, of course, when you do, when you get the bragging rights as well. That's what yeah. it's all about. So, when we talk about quizzing, Chris, you have actually been on a famous quiz as well, haven't you? I have indeed. I've, I've fulfilled me, me life's destiny and I finally got onto one at the chase on ITV. Right. Did you? I yeah. did indeed, yeah. And who was the chaser? So, I who had did the, you get? I had the beast. Ooh. So, Mark Labess himself, I remember, because they don't tell you. It's all very secretive when you're on set. You're just kept in a room. I re remember there was a fridge 
filled with Tesco meal deal sandwiches. And they're like, help yourself to these. And I thought, Christ, what's going on with ITV's budgets here? I can get one of these <laughs> with the club cards. But I, of course, couldn't eat anything because I was too nervous. So I was yeah. like, no, I'm all right. I'll stick to the, the water and the tea. And then, yeah, it's as you watch it on the show, we had no idea who the chaser was. If, if you need to go the loo or anything, you have to be chaperoned so that you don't bump into the chaser. I remember that the the runners saying chase a walk and chase a walk and oh, so it's like a big reveal, exactly like so. the running man or something. Isn't <laughs> it? From the, you know. What was your full experience of that? Were you nervous? Or were you confident because you watched this so many times? So I'm somebody who, despite being very outgoing and being a quiz host, put myself out there three nights a week. I am terribly anxious. I get riddled with the old anxiety. But having that is like my superpower. Yeah. Because I think if I can overcome the anxiety that prevents me from doing something, there's nothing you can't do. So yeah, the morning of it, I was a bag of nerves. I had to take me a modium in case yeah. I shot myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was like on my shopping list. I was like, I need to make sure I've got my ciggies, got bottles of water, palace, a modium as well. Um, and so yeah, the morning of it, it was a nervous wreck. It was a little bit hungover as well. I won't lie. Um, no better way to prepare. That seems to be one of the theme for you, Chris. I've noticed. You know, for speaking to you at the quiz. Well, indeed. I mean, my thinking behind it was they obviously film it in London, and I thought I was there for a couple of nights because of train strikes, and I thought. What's the best way I can prepare for this? I'll go and play a pub quiz. So we did that and I didn't win first prize, but they had bonus questions throughout the night where if you answered fastest, you got a pint. Well, I got four of those. So that was four oh, pints to yeah. myself, wasn't it? My mate wasn't drinking, yeah. so. Not enough quiz, too much pub. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a defined ratio, I'd yeah. say, between the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's dead Anyway, the main question, did you win? I did. Did you? Did how, you? Much, how much was it when you split it? So um, I got seven grand in my cash builder. Yeah. Got to the table. I was the last person up. And I can't even remember what the low offer was because that was never a consideration. I was never It's right. It's right. I hate people I hate where people like go for that. Yeah. Some people go for minus as well. I think it was a minus offer. I can't remember the amount, but I just thought when I was there, I was like, no, no, no. I can't cope with being tethered on Twitter with all the yeah, people going, who's this taking a minus offer? The high offer was 102 grand which Oof. at the time was the highest that these offers on the show. And I remember thinking, oh shit, this is, this is scuppering me plans. I was going middle for diddle. In the end, as it go for the middle offer, got through. You would have done it as well, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, there was, there was daylight between us still on the table when you're playing it, but I'm a big believer in like the butterfly effect. Yeah. So yeah. one decision then could have, maybe I'd have bottled it. Maybe, nice, yeah. maybe I'd have got different questions. I don't know. You know, yeah. it's one of those. Maybe decisions. it's rigged. I, I would not he like to say anything salacious about ITV who gave me, it was uh, 6,250 I came away with. Mind you, I've spent it now, I can say what I like about ITV, I suppose. How quick did they pay you? Do you know what? They were really quick. Uh, they said it can take up 90 days, was it? Yeah, like three months. That's so. not quick. <laughs> it, it wasn't quick, but um, we filmed it at the start of November and then just one day I was checking my balance as you do. And there it was. It was before Christmas, so my family and my friends were made up that year. They got yeah. some blinds and presents. Yeah. I was well fed as well. Uber Eats hasn't had so much business and stuff. knows when. <laughs> what I can say about the episode, and we will put a link to it in our description <laughs> of the podcast so people at home can watch it, is you carried that team. You were oh. phenomenal <laughs> in the last round. I waited for this to come on, knew it was coming on. I think it was on holiday as well when it came on. I had to watch it. Was he like Carl Lewis in the 4 oh, by 100 was <laughs> Yeah, He performed great. And considering he was hungover and bunged up with a modium, he done fantastic. <laughs> I remember like, because uh, we, we sit there and watch it, me and my missus. And the next thing, you came on and I was like, this, this Chris from our quiz. And she was like, what? I said, it's Chris from our quiz. Go on, Chris. Yeah, oh, it was 
Brilliant. Yeah, that's Absolutely brilliant. As well as identifying as a quiz host. Marino also know yet identify as a gamer. Well, if you've been to one of my quizzes, it's no secret because if there's a particular handsome footballer that comes through on the picture questions, I'll probably make a noise like, oh, isn't he gorgeous? Oh, speaking Some of which, <laughs> the handsome footballers, Chris does look very like Liverpool FC goalkeeper, <laughs> Alison Becker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I've I've had it a few quizzes now where people have just said to me like you look like Alison and then they say to me by the way it's not a girl it's a, it's Liverpool's keeper and I'm a red I was like I never who Alison is yeah, done with you week. as an alibi a couple of years ago yeah. when that video came out especially last week we come up with a name I was gonna go for Alison Fecker but we ended up calling them Alison Pecker so that was his nickname last week anyway Excellent. as we all give each other shit in the pub quiz like so it's great so it got me thinking about like trials and tribulations that you might have had over the decades of being on this planet how we old say? are you if you don't mind me asking i'm 28 29 in march so yeah and how you bridge that initial question of have you always known and when you come out was it difficult you just stuff for bullying in school how do you find society over the decades has changed tell us about your journey well i'll tell you something that might illustrate it quite well so um i went to stage school when i was younger so every saturday i'd go to lipper 419 and i'd do me singing acting dancing there and i remember one day there was a girl in our class who i fancied and i remember thinking to myself i must have been about 11 at the time quite young and i remember thinking to myself oh thank god that means i'm not gay because i fancy this girl that kind of sums up the frame of mind I was in in those days. It was something I was afraid of. It was something that I didn't know what that meant for me. You know, if that meant that I would not necessarily be accepted by loved ones, if it would hamper my life and career. You don't really know so at that age. Yeah. So initially it was probably an attraction of personality at that age, more so than anything else. I do think that there's a lot to be said for the idea of a spectrum. So I do think that like most things in life, I think everybody falls somewhere on the spectrum. You, by that, I mean someone can be absolutely straight, absolutely gay, or some float somewhere in between. Um, I identify as a gay man, but you know, you never know what the future holds. I could meet a girl tomorrow and fall heads over heels. It's, I, I believe people do fall in love with a person. You, your attractions are physicality. Along with that. Yeah, I, along I think with that. that's an 100%. amazing way of looking at it. I mean, that we're not just black and white in it. You know, there is a grey area. I think that's a oh, really it's brilliant a, point that you brought up there. But society doesn't often reflect that, does it? it's hard yeah, yeah. I, I feel like now compared to when i was younger it's not as bad as it was i think that over time obviously we've got equal marriage now as in law generally there's a lot more representation on the telly you know you've got like loads of gay couples loads of trans people on on telly with visibility that's great the thing that i notice about it and where maybe we're going a little bit backwards now is whilst it's great that society seems to be more accepting I've noticed a lot more kind of internal homophobia in the gay community itself. What I mean by that to say is if somebody's maybe more flamboyant and camp, myself, person, company include, they generally find it harder to find relationships or find love sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm single and I've always been single and I, I find that generally the relationships is really hard because it's quite a physical community people are just interested in getting their ends away to be honest with you sometimes um and it's hard to establish a connection with someone and in my experience there's there's places for you know the campery and that you know you've got your drag queens and the gay bars which is fabulous you've got things like it's RuPaul. more like camaraderie side of things that isn't it more like the extrovert sort of living exactly and i think there's also an element of 
for some people that I've experienced at least, they see that as almost performative and it's like, ah, well, that's the fun-loving clown that the, that the joke is. But there's a person behind that as well. And I think that that's where there's still work to be done in the community itself, not even necessarily externally. I think you raise a good point there is that there's a person behind all of this. You know, like my identity isn't that I'm straight, I've got a wife, but it's, how do I put it? I, I, the only way I can put it is I don't go around and people say, oh, you're straight. Do you know what I mean? It's weird, it's, our perception you, of things. People are people. Do you know what I mean? Just be sound. It does. It shouldn't yeah, matter. I say this to you all the time, Chris. We have some candid conversations. Oh, easy. The quiz, and I always say, I don't care what you are. I just care that you're sound or not. Mm. And that, that's the, the problem. If you're a good human being yeah. and you see to everyone by the natural law, yeah. then... So you know the way you've just touched on it, the drag scene. Do you feel then that that is sort of like their, almost like their superhero cloak? And it it's almost like as if like it makes, that's where they feel like the most confidence. Absolutely. I think that if you look at the history of drag, those are the people that when we didn't have the rights that we do today, talking about things like the Stonewall riots in America, yeah. those people that were at the forefront of that were your drag queens, your, your trans entertainers as well. And that, that's a differentiation as well that I don't think is necessarily as widely disseminated as it could be. Mm. You know, if somebody's a drag queen, as I understand from my perspective, somebody who isn't a drag queen, that's a job. Yeah. That's a character that they're playing. That's not necessarily who they are. Where I think people sometimes do get a bit confused, perhaps, is you can have people who are trans women, indeed trans men who perform mm. as drag kings and drag queens. There's a differentiation between the character that you play and also the person behind it. The two things, you know, they intertwine, of course, they all do. When we look at actors, they always say they bring an element of themselves to the performance. Look at, your, like I said, your Lily Savage. Huge and Paul O'Grady was fantastic. You know, Indeed, all right. Hero you know, in this city. Yeah, yeah, Hero in this city. So, do you think the media plays a part in blowing it out of proportion? Do you think it's not as big a thing, the transgender, as it's portrayed in the media? I do. I think the proportion of, of gay people has always been that amount from Roman times to now. And there's always been drag artists right throughout the centuries as well. But I think the media tried to divide people with over-egging it. And a great documentary film of what was called Next Goal Wins. Has anyone seen it? No, it's about the Western Samoan football team and a Dutch coach goes it. And one of the players is transgender. And in that culture, it's really revered that like these people are that unusual that when it happens, they celebrate it. But not so for me, I just think that it's over egged. In, in society, I don't think it's as big as we think the it media. is. I think you got to look at disco. Disco was the people who were basically known as the freaks and the weirdos, taking the power back and building what's probably the coolest scene to happen in the last 50 years. Death yep. of house music, the biggest social movement to happen in 50 years. That Yeah, we've spoken about it a couple of times. I put John onto it. There was a docu- three-part documentary that's on BBC called Disco, the soundtrack of a revolution. Now, one of the things that it speaks about in that is that Stonewall movement. Mm. And that was a big part of that at that time of, like, obviously getting the rights. And then I've, I've literally just watched a video today where there's, I think, this year in New York, that they're actually opening, like, a, a museum oh, in respect wow. of that. So I would say they're making, like, a really big thing of that as a celebration of, look where we were and look where, where we are now and a museum for it. 
I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that as well, because as you were saying before, Paul, about the idea of what, how are trans people kind of portrayed in the media. If you look at how gay people were sort of presented, you know, in the 80s, Section 28 and that, they were vilified, they yeah. were demonised. And, you know, the same thing, history is repeating itself now. They're being weaponised, I should say, by your right-wing medias as the other, something to be afraid of, something that's a, a risk or a danger to the stability of civilization. They've always been around. Gay people have always been around. And it really upsets me because they are some of the most vulnerable people. If you look at the statistics of things like suicide amongst yeah. young trans people because of the way society is, I just think that it's really awful that that's the way. what it is for me is I think the percentage of people who are genuinely trans, I think, is very, very minuscule. But I think because the highlights are... Like if you were looking at the media, they make like every other person. Well, that's it. If you're stupid you know I mean? and you read the Daily yeah, Mail, so, and it's just designed to bring fear. Just to move away from that slightly. So, do you think that before we wrap it up, and you do, you're going to do us a quiz, aren't you? Oh yes. Up with, do you find that Liverpool was a difficult city as a gay man to, to grow up in, or do you think it was a bit more forgiving because we're a bit more multicultural here? So it's an interesting one. I, I was bullied when I was in school for being gay, and I think that that's an experience. Wait, when did you come out as gay? So, like, I suppose in stages to yourself, to your family, to the wider. So it's interesting, really. I was having this conversation with one of my me, me good friends the other day, who I've known since year seven in school. So what's that? I don't know. A long time. Yonks. Coming on 20 years. Um, and I turned around to him and said, when did I come out to you? And he's like, I don't think you did. And bear in mind, this is someone I've been surprised with. He's straight, um, but he's one of my best mates. Um, and you know we've been in superstar booze all together and you know all the clubs and I told him stories about boys in the past and I just turned to him literally the other week and went I've got something to tell you I'm gay by the way he's like oh very good so that was yeah. that was the official coming out there to me mate <laughs> family one was a bit more difficult but they were great to be parents about so yeah I've been very on, lucky Sunshine you mate there I mean the Wham story that was on Netflix is brilliant the, the, yeah. the love story between Andrew Ridgely and George Michael and their friendship that they had was phenomenal because obviously he was covering for him for a long time, wasn't <laughs> it? And I just thought that really was a love story between them two guys, although they were of different sexualities and the thought. It was absolutely phenomenal, that that story. And now he sort of set him free, didn't he, Ridgely? To yeah. just go and do his own thing. Well, it was brilliant. It's important to have friends like that, I think. And I'm, I'm really lucky with the people that I've had around me. And not, not everybody has that experience. So it's not, yeah. it's not mad, though, that you've got to consider yourself lucky. Like I'm mm. not lucky because people people accept me straight. There's no luck involved, is there? Really, it's unlucky that you have to consider yourself lucky. Society needs to just have a bit more of a kind approach to these things on other people, and it's how other people decide to live their lives is their business, isn't it? Not- so, Chris, if you could like change one thing about society now towards the gay community, what would it be? I'll get rid of a few papers to start off with. Ones that are short named. <laughs> well, there's one that shan't be named. Begins with an S, rhymes with... Yeah. Yeah, you know the one. Current bun. That's the one. That's the one we'll get rid of. I think probably there's this idea, this notion at the minute that wokeism or being woke is something to be attacked and negative. In my book, the definition of woke is that you basically aren't a bigot. So if you, you know, don't discriminate against people for things that are protected characteristics, whether that where they were born, what religion they are, you know, etc., People should be accountable for the words that they say. And I feel like right now, you talk TVs, your GB news, as the papers run riot, it's just a circus of people being allowed to spew such vile commentary without the accountability. 
So cancel culture, I've, I have some issues with. But the idea that being woke has been weaponized as a bad thing, it, it doesn't sit well with myself. I think okay. basically, as we've said many times, Paul, don't be a dick. A couple of weeks ago, we'd done about wokeism in stand-up comedy. Mm. Are you under, because I know you like a good laugh and you don't take yourself too seriously. Mm -hmm. Are you, I'm under the opinion, I don't know how everyone else is, that sort of when you go in that room, there's no old barred, shut the doors and also I'll rip each other to bits. How do you feel on that? Or is that a bit touchy? If it's funny, then that's fine. It, anything goes as long as it's across the board and everyone's involved. I said, didn't I, in, in previous podcasts, that if you make it personal, it's more funny. Do you get what I mean by that? Mm. So say you've got a gay man on the front row and like the comedian makes a joke about them being gay. That's sad, but say if he makes a general comment, yeah, that's when it's going too then, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you're on the front row, you personally get roasted and I think that's how it should be. I think the comedian, the way that I see it is if they can take the piss out of themselves and make fun of themselves, then it's open season then to have a go at other people. As long as it's funny, try not to punch down too much. I'm on that. I yeah, don't like I the use idea. That phrase, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, the fact that it's a phrase though, like we yeah. say it, but it then insinuates there's some kind of social hierarchy, which yeah. there shouldn't be. But yeah. again, I think, uh, yeah, I've seen some comedians that they just seem to thrive off saying offensive things for the sake of it. And what offends me about it isn't what they're saying. It's the fact that it's not funny. And how is this person making a living spewing absolute yeah. nonsense? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point that I, I think some people are guilty of that. Just taking the mick out of more vulnerable people, let's say. And you run the risk of going back to that Bernard Manning era. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's just a different bunch of people they're taking the mick out of. All right, then, Chris. Well, we're going to really test your metal. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Right. And listen, Enough thanks. of the small talk. <laughs> yeah, small talk, yeah. Thanks for talking so candidly no, with us tonight because obviously that's a brave thing to do to come on and, and lay yourself bare. So thank you for that, mate. Nice really no, really thank well you. Nice um, right. Look at him kissing arse to get some points on the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the format is, is it's five questions. They're all multiple choice with four options. So oh. A, B, C, or D. Like, like Millionaire. Type have thing. you named the quiz, anything? I have not. Chris with the quiz uncut. No, that sounds like I'm circumcised. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chris with the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens at the quiz. I just yeah, start yeah, talking on the microphone. Yeah. It all comes <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> So, what are we calling it again? I'd call it Chris. Chris with the quiz on Uncut. Yeah, Uncut. Here we go, let's do the intro then. It's, it's Chris with the quiz Uncut. Hello, gentlemen and listeners. So, I've prepared five questions for you. They're a bit random, but, you know, we'll see how we get on. For, uh, question number one. Which team was the first from the UK to win the European Cup? Was it A, Nottingham Forest, B, Celtic, C, Liverpool, or D, Manchester United? Okay. New shoes, Cooks. New <laughs> shoes. I hope, that, I hope that was squeaky shoes. Or was that a squeaky chair? Question two, Ronald Reagan Airport services which US city? Is that A, Seattle, 
B. Chicago, C. Houston, or D. Washington, D.C.? I'm easily getting two out of five here, Max. <laughs> Question three. Which group launched Channel 5 in 1997? Was it A, The Spice Girls, B, Five, C, All Saints, or D, Take That? Okay, question four. What is the presumed birthplace of the pirate Blackbeard? Is it A, Bristol, B, Penzance, C, Plymouth, or D, Brixham? Don't say you don't get variety at my quizzes, I tell you. Very spicy, that one. I don't know which pirate launch. (laughs) (laughs) You are. And then question five, which brand was the original owner of the London Eye? Was it A, Coca-Cola, B, British Gas, C, British Airways, or D, Sky? Happy one, Tom? Yeah, I've got a solid five random guesses there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so question one was which team was the first from the UK to win the European Cup. The answer was B Celtic in 1967. Question two was Ronald Reagan Airport services which US city? So technically the airport is in Arlington in Virginia but you could say it services Washington DC. Yes. Yes. Get in. Just cross out speak. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a marvellous airport Don't speak, I'm thrilled it's anytime it's, oh, it's, it's, it's stuck over Manchester's poo yeah, yeah. Although Terminal 2 is quite nice so They've done it up now Little, little Wagamama, little San Carlo you know. It's still just yeah, hell on here Do you know why? Because you've got five hours in there yeah. <laughs> That's why you need all them it's things in Terminal yeah. 2 Okie dokie. So question three, seeing some head scratching on this one. Which group launched Channel 5 in 1997? Five also has the number five in its name, but it was the Spice Girls. Yes. I knew Guess it was the Spice Girls. I thought you'd be all over this. I was this. just going to say, you would get extra marks for having the five. Did you, <laughs> Did you put the five hey, at the start? Get up. Hey. <laughs> How you doing, mate, youngling? Have you got Slam Dunk the Funk on your what? on your playlist? Okie dokie. Question for this, this was a wild card, to be honest with you. So, what is the presumed birthplace of the pirate Blackbeard? I threw in some red herons there. It's not Penzance. It's not oh, Brixham. Wait. It's Bristol. Oh, got Plymouth. <sighs> Penzance is so like piratey as well, isn't it? Yeah. Indeed. Is it Gil- good, Gilbert and Sullivan? Good guest there, John. Yeah, the power of the <laughs> Not a good guest. And then last but not least, which brand was the original owner of the London Eye? It was British Airways. Yes! Sky. And as a matter of fact, they shared it with Two Swords Group and Mark's Barfields. But British Airways is a bit easier to remember, yeah, I think. Definitely, definitely. Okay, scores on the doors. Flynn, how many? I got one. Two, three, three. Oh, slide on a tie question. A tie, a tie question. Oh, uh, you well. haven't got three, you made that up. What's three? Oh, there you go. There's the answers. Okay, yeah, there's a bit of crossing out and writing over there, but go ahead. 
Okay. Lockie. Okay. Shout out, Lockie. For the Thai question then, bringing it sort of full circle on the conversation, in what year did Who Wants to Be a Millionaire debut in the UK? Oh, my God. And we'll do it as nearest wins. Whoever gets it closest. Kind of phone a friend. <laughs> right, I'll go. I'm just going to go. 2001. Okay, 2001. 1999. 99, okay. Oh, no, it's between us two. Oh, pardon me. The correct answer was 1998. Oh, oh he's done it. Bastard. Oh, he I cried well that one in. Well Absolutely done. cried it in. You know, he was like then that one woman off the eggheads who pretends she never has the answer. And always oh, has oh, it. What is her name? <laughs> she does my head. Oh, oh, is it, oh, is it 1998? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I remain uncaught, whereas Paul... Yeah. <laughs> Sears us out. Fuck that. It's right. time for Lost in Music. Okay, so it's Lost in Music this week, and the guest always has the privilege of going first. Yeah. So, Chris, what was your choice, and is there a particular reason why? So, I went for Out of Touch by Hall & Oates, just because it's a banger, to be yeah. honest. Well, got, I just put my mullet and my leather on. That's good enough for me. <laughs> Before we play it, yeah. Rigel's the best, was not it? Yeah. This was playing when we got Camlet in Switzerland, didn't it? He was cheating down the motorway. Oh. Great choice, Chris. Very good choice, Dan. So, Cugsy next. What's your choice? Yeah, going to go back to an 80s dance classic, which is D-Train and Music. Oh, yes. What would you do without music? Where would you be without song? I don't know. I don't know. I see you spinning on the line over here. It's a tune, that. Tough man, what's your choice? I'm you what? This shout out to Aaron Quinn on the uh, Isle of Man um, who sent me this. So it, it's kind of a proxy from me. Um, it's some fella called Teddy Swims and the voice on this fella is blinding. Betty Charles and Eddie. Listen. Fucking shaggy here. Yeah. Mr. Lover Lover. Fucking Luther Van Dross. Never every week he's at it. <laughs> yeah. Stuff of goose and music. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, Coley sent me We're all me on one. a spectrum of Chris says. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Coley sent me one in called Coastline by... Who was it, Cugs, again? N-R-M-N-T, strange and mint. Mint with a one instead of an I. Ooh. Yeah, can you have something easier to say on a podcast next time, Coley? So it's Coastline. So the next one, we haven't actually had the time to record the song, but I was speaking to my mate the other day, the meme queen herself, a massive advocate of the pod, Lisa, uh, Lisa Potter. Yeah. Uh, well, and Lisa. she's asked for Be Thankful for What You've Got by Massive Attack. Oh, yeah, yeah, so apologies, Lisa, to you now. Because yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I didn't have time at the weekend because I was in Tory Butlins, <laughs> a.k.a. Centre Parks. <laughs> and in a couple of weeks, you'll be doing Tory Snowboarding. Right, so my song is, it's a bit unorthodox today. Oh. So I'm going to go with my third favourite trilogy, Behind the Matrix and the Star Wars trilogy. It's the Godfather theme tune by Voidoid. Okay, bang, get that on, Cugs. Yeah. Okay, obviously, I haven't got a sample for it again because we were in Tory Butlins. Okay, my choice, last one now, is Autumn Leaves by Cold Cut. Yes. Uh, Cugsy put me onto this. He's the music maestro. And this is, am I right in saying this is an 8D track? So when you listen to this with headphones on, it feels like it's going right round your mind. It's about seven minutes long and put some headphones on and listen to it. It is absolutely phenomenal tune. Obviously, we can only play small samples of the song. It doesn't really give you the full hit, but uh, I advise yeah. everyone to listen to that. It's a formal. So that'll be added to the Lost the Music playlist. And everyone, yep. get listened to it. Get it on random. It's brilliant. Sweet. And that was Lost the Music. Cracking little lost in music there. Moving on to shout outs. Just want to shout out Chris for coming on. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Nice Chris. one, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, nice, nice one, Chris. I thought it was brilliant, man. Brilliant. Okay. I'd like to go for Andy Barnard, who's listened to us up in Blackburn. He messaged me the other day. He's loving the podcast. He's probably going to come down and come on the show at one point. So, big shout out to Andy. And obviously, so shout out to Cooks. Just the usual suspects, Lisa Potter, Jay Ryan, Jay Kendall, Cy Bell, all the lads at the Number 42 podcast, Chris for coming in, absolutely yeah, brilliant, like and I'm going to say something about Chris, 
the lad who used to do the quiz before you, he was brilliant. And we always used to say, he's going to be a hard act to follow. But you've not only like followed them, you've actually surpassed them. Surpassed them. Thursday night is that good. We oh. always really look forward to yeah. going, me and Paul. It's like, it's a massive part of our week. So, you know, thanks for providing the entertainment. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you for all the support. Yeah, you're, nice. there, you're there week in, week out. And uh, we really do appreciate it. Okay. Uh, shout out to Kev on the Isle of Man. Our Ian's just started, me brother Ian's just started listening to the podcast. He's enjoying yes. it. So shout out to Ian and the Stafford crew. The Nipple King. Yeah. Stafford. Yeah. Stevie Nitro down in Australia. Yes, the bro. 42 podcast lads. Um, and Tomo, Miles, Chris from the quiz. All our listeners, just thanks ever so much. Melv. Yeah. yeah, Melv. Yeah, uh, me, me mum and dad up. listen. Although they're not together anymore. I haven't been together for a long time. <laughs> and Laura as well. She's listening. Yeah. My dad's significant other. So, yeah, that was brilliant. Now, I wanted to just touch on our social media again. So if you can follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, share anything that we put out there, comment, like, share, all helps. And obviously on Spotify and Acast, you can follow us and leave comments on what you think of the show. So if anyone could do that for us, it would be much, much appreciated. Right, I want to move on to entertainment now. Just this week, we don't talk, talk much about usually what we've been watching on the telly. Is anyone watching anything on the telly? And would you like to elaborate on what you've been watching? Yeah, so um, we were looking through all kinds of stuff yesterday to watch. And I remember a programme that Jay Ryan had, had told me about. It's got to be 12, 18 months maybe. Um, and I put it on and like my missus, she goes, yeah, what's this? I don't fancy it. I said, look, just bear with it. And by the end of the first episode, she was completely just drawn in. And it's a program called The Offer. So I'm going to go on tonight and watch the last two episodes of it. It's basically about the making of The Godfather and just how much stuff went on in the background involving the real mafia and getting actors in to do it. It's just an absolutely brilliant programme. Is it a drama? Is it? It's a drama. Okay. It's it's superb. It's apparently based on the musings of the guy who produced it, this fella called Al Ruddy. Like how he started like with uh, film production. It's just on a whim how he got into it. And then it, it shows him like building his reputation. But honestly, it's a ten parter and it's just absolutely on, superb. On that note of on a whim, I'm gonna let our little secret out, part secret that I've been working with people who've been on the show in the last few episodes on a pilot TV episode as well. So watch this space. Ooh. More will be the Podnoughts go global. Yeah. Podnoughts powered productions limited. Okay, nice. stuff man, what have you been watching? Beef on Netflix. I'll meet be meaning to watch that. It's funny, man. It's funny. I, I I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it's basically two people get involved in a road raid incident, but it doesn't stop at the spirals. They just terrorise yeah. each other on a daily basis. Yeah. But it's dead funny. It's a little half hour episode, so it's not one you've got to devote. I don't get Easily a lot of spare digestible, time. So, yeah. so you can just throw it on for 10, 15 minutes and it's sound. Anyone who just likes, I would say light-hearted humour, but it's it's funny. It's in a little... The, you get quite a bit of depth on the characters, even though it's not long. So it's quite well written, so... Chris? Uh, I've been hooked on the traces since oh. it came back. Oh, it's oh. just... Wait, have you watched the season one and the two US ones as well? So I've, I've watched one UK 
Uh, I started the US, did, didn't get into it, won't lie. The Australian one, however, oh. they are unhinged. That, uh, the, the cast of the trait is not Australians, by the way, as I want to cause an international incident. Yeah. Uh, but no, the Australian one, absolutely worth a watch. They, the American one is the best ending I've seen in one, though. It's oh. absolutely phenomenal. It's like a Z-list celebrity one that they've got. I think they got the old, is it John Burkos on the new ones? The old Speaker of the House of Commons? I'm sure I've seen something he's on there, you know. Joker, you know What's the guy. Who was, I don't watch the traitors, but I, I know what the, the, the I know what I know what the premise. But I've never got over that episode of Golden Balls where <laughs> that woman split on that fella. I was just I thinking hope, of Golden Balls then. I hope. Yeah. I, do you know what? I'm not going to come out and say I wish bad things on her, but I don't wish good things on her either. Oh, do you know, do you know what, what I mean? That I was mean, brutal, Golden Balls, because you had Jasper Carrot laughing in your face at the same time. <laughs> a traitor has just gone out. One of the ones that was probably tipped possibly to win it. I won't give you his name because I don't want to give it away for any spoilers now. But I said to the missus, I would take a bow at that point, and he did. <laughs> and wow, what a player he was. Not, uh, a, not a spoiler on that, but there's a, a nickname that that particular tracer was given online. If you watch the show, you'll get it. They've called him Evil Van Gogh oh, because of how he looks. Yeah, I get that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, tracers are recommended. People go, oh, everyone's watching it. No, watch it. It's like... When Big Brother first come out, it's that good. It's really good. One more before we go, I'd like to say I watched The Alienist. It's really, really good. Set in the late 18, 1890s. So Luke Evans is on it. Yeah. It's really, really, really good. One other thing that I've watched over the past couple of weeks was, I think we may have touched on it, but it's Saltburn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the renaissance of Sophie Ellis Baxter. My daughter abs- was absolutely made up with that. She every time she used to come in the house, she'd be singing. I'd be, like, "What are you singing? She, you've got to watch Soul Ben. You've got to watch it." And we watched it, and it was like, "The there's no need. On this. There's no need. There's a couple of scenes in that. There's no need for them. Is it mm. good or is it bad? Because I've heard mixed reviews. I mean, so <sighs> I'm speaking as someone who has a degree in film. It is a well-made film. In te- technically, like the editing, the cinematography, etc., the soundtrack's phenomenal. But personally, I thought, you know, you, you're going for the shock factor more than yeah. substance yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. The the same writer director, I think her name's Emerald Fennel. Uh, she did a film called Promising Young Woman. I think it won an Oscar for the best screenplay. That was a great film. Out, absolutely outstanding. I was going salt burn expecting something of the. It's very different to of Promising Young Woman. It was completely a different type of film. Mm. I think with that salt burn. It gives me the impression that it was made with, like, right, I'm deliberately going to shock. Yeah, like a clickbait. Uh, yeah, sort but of I film. did see an interview the other day with that Barry Keoghan. Is the, the, the yeah, guy the Irish like guy. The, yeah. And he said he he basically came up with that thing on the grave. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> like, you're watching it, and you, I, I just remember turning and answering me, missing, oh, what the fuck's going on here? Because it was just. <laughs> You've, you've never seen anything like it before. Your dead relatives are watching you watch that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like not a good, it's not a no. good scene. No. Okay. So watch it and let us know your thoughts. Or don't. Okay, Chris, thanks again for yeah, coming thanks, in. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, my, been, mega man. Been another great night, lads. Yeah, sweet. Thank and you. that was the Pod Notes. Stop. Stop.